0: Hi, right, we're back with another episode of the Coach Kyle Show. I'm your host, Day McKinnon, with me, my co-host, the great Awala Met.
1: Come to KMSA where we develop soccer players through discipline, respect, and togetherness. You can contact us at KMSoccerAcademy at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at KM underscore soccer underscore academy or Coach Kyle
0: We're gonna be discussing how the ages and stages um, of players between 12 and 13, how it affect the learning curve and why is it important for coaches to understand um, this very important topic. Um, so to speak on that a bit or in depth, we have an educator, a mentor in in our podcast. Her name is Ms. Julia. Uh, for all you listening out there, you might know the name. So if you hear the voice and you understand, pay keen attention because is going to be a very educating and a very informative show um, today that will help our young people who are aspiring to be great to understand that life off the field is just as important as life on the field so yeah i i firmly believe that there's an importance that we need to to understand between this age the 12 and 13 players we're not speaking specifically of boys or girls we're we're talking about both because we believe outside of other factors, they kind of go through the same thing from a cognitive standpoint and a social standpoint. So to dive a little bit deeper, we want to bring Miss Julia in to speak on what is the developmental stage uh, for, for a child, girl or boy between 12 and 13 uh, from a Cognitive, and also uh, from a social, from a social perspective. So,
2: all right. So, as a teacher, um, you know we have a lot of demands, right? We have to make sure that students are understanding content that we're teaching lessons, and that they're grasping those con- that content. So, with that, you know, every day in a classroom is. Different. It's not just a teacher gets up and starts giving a lesson, objectives, assessment, and a kid just can grasp whatever it is. It's way more than that. So I think developmentally, you have to build a relationship with the kid in order for them to even want to see or even listen to what you have going on. Yep. So I think it it goes deeper than just being able to go to a a school. And I, I say that to everybody who, um, you know, I, I graduated high school with, they, they were all like, you know, you wanted to be a teacher. Why would you want to do that? Whatever. You know, I'm kind of making fun of the, the college that I wanted to go to and the college that I picked. And I said, I, I thought about it. And as I actually got into the teaching field, I realized that you can learn content. Like the content is so easy to learn. Yeah. Being able to, you know, read at a certain Lexile just takes practice. It's the person who's delivering that content to you that makes that difference. So I find in middle school, that's the most important part. You know, there are some days you can't even get through a lesson. You can't get through what you want to get through without dealing or, you know, adjusting and and helping the kids that are coming to you with so much more than just, I can't get this. You know, it, it environmental. It comes from what happens at home to yeah. what happens at school, what happens with friends and relationships and socially that comes in. It, it, it leaks into wherever you are, whatever classroom that you're in. So yeah. I think that has a big role to play in development.
0: Yep. So for you, coach, you've dealt with different age groups from six years old all the way up to to 14, 15, 16. But but we're dealing with a very sensitive age group between 12, 13, even to 11 a bit. And there's a new orientation for every age as you move from one stage to the next. What are some of the biggest challenges or the biggest changes that you would have seen between an 11 or or 12-year-old player? Like, speak on something in terms of their mindset, in terms of how they think.
3: Okay. I'll say from age groups uh, 11 to... 12, I could see a, I could see a good understanding, right? I built a lot of good relationships with the kids around that age. Kids want to get it, you know what I mean? You talk to them, yes, coach, yes, coach, yes, coach. We want it. What else can I do to get better, coach? And then I see from 12, 13, 14, it's kind of a hesitant thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's more so they're trying to find themselves. They're, most of them are would be eighth grade, right? I believe kind eighth grade yeah. going to high school. Yeah. So it's that stage of, do I still want to do this? Because I feel like from, from that age group, from 11, 12, and younger, it's all about soccer. It's all about, hey, let's get it. Let's, it's about soccer. I want to get better. But then when they start getting to you know, those cliques and friends and maybe mm-hmm. going out or whatever the case might be around 13, 14, it's a little bit, do I still want to do this? So I think this is what I, I, I find a little bit more difficult is still trying to get them to understand this is their passion. This is what they want to do. I want
0: to continue to do this 100%. Okay. So, going back to to Ms. Julia's point, what are some of the if you could identify some of the characteristics uh, that are different uh, between that age from obviously from a cognitive standpoint and from a social standpoint, what are some of the differences or some of the same that you will find between that age group?
2: Well, I see it from a middle school standpoint, so I kind of want to even go back just a little bit. In elementary school, right, like when you're in fifth grade, you stay with one teacher all day, and that teacher has rituals and routines that they're going to tell you how they want you to get up and move around in the classroom, and they're going to tell you how you're going to work in a group and who you're going to work with, and they're going to do a lot for you. But when you get to middle school, it becomes more of a shock because now you're in a space where you're like, I have to make a choice for myself. Yeah, like, it, it becomes a little bit of a free for all. So a lot of the times sixth grade students will be getting in, in trouble a lot where like Uh these kids wouldn't have gotten in trouble before in fifth grade. So it gets like really surprising, like, oh, wait, that student is getting in a lot of trouble. (laughs) What's going on? But it's because I think of that lack of conversation and and that lack of, you know, development, I I would say to adjusting to self-discipline, to be able to sit in your seat like you don't have somebody in middle school telling you, this is how you sit in your seat, and this is how you sharpen a pencil, and this is how you're going to go grab a piece of paper and put it in the bin, put your coat on the coat rack. Like, you don't have that. So you have a lot of kids that come in, and they kind of treat it like their house. They, they mm-hmm. treat the classroom like their house, right? They're going to, like, throw their coat, throw their backpack somewhere, and then the teacher will say, well, you should know better. So I think... In that age group, it's a really interesting dynamic to see these kids come from being told, like, this is what you do and this is what you have to do, to then now having to critically think for yes. themselves. That is the most significant difference that I see from elementary school to middle school.
0: Perfect. So when, when we related to soccer, what I have found out is the 9-11, very instinctive. Not being able to process, not being able to, to observe information, process information, and implement information, that is a challenge. So a lot of what you're doing in soccer is putting them in situation to kind of orient them to when they get to that late 12, 13, where maturation start happening. And it's a bit more cognitive, it's a bit more understanding why you're doing something when you're doing something because you go to games and you see you know coaches screaming at the nine-year-old to do this and to do that and why didn't you do this and why didn't you make this decision is it's obvious it's obvious that they don't understand this stage of development they don't they don't understand where they are cognitively they don't understand uh, where they are from a social experience And you see it with the 11 year old too is is more about inclusion more about connecting with your group uh but once they get to 12 13 14 it's more buckets it's it's more about identifying with 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 a group or with someone who kind of share your ideas or makes you comfortable and and not understanding that too you uh, as a coach you might be like okay it's okay they are friends but obviously what they're doing is kind of segregating themselves is kind of putting themselves in a bubble or kind of putting themselves in a comfort place. And we spoke about it a little bit early. It's a safe environment for them where they feel they could, you know, they could be comfortable. And for me, that has kind of destroyed the growth of, of the person. Cause it's the part with, with KMSA is always about the person first. And if we could get to the person, we know the soccer will take care of itself. But, having that separation and having that click oftentimes kind of stifle their gloat, growth because they no longer appreciate being vulnerable. They no longer appreciate open up themselves to learning. So when we talk about when we talk about the stages and, and the characteristics of the, the young player, if you could identify with some of the things that you will see that you know coaches can be aware of and and be like, you know what I need to address this. I need to, you know, to find tools or I need to find ways in terms of getting or maximizing um, the potential of this child instead of saying it's a bad child or um, this child is disruptive. You know, how can I, when I look at certain behavior, for a better, for better, better word, when I look at a certain behavior, a certain attitude, I know that this is the stage. And I need to address it in a different way. If you could speak on that a little bit.
2: Well, I think a lot of the time in education, and I think this is one mistake that a lot of, I've, I think any adult that works with children makes, is asking a, a child why they did something. Yeah. Because, they, like we're talking, they're at that stage where they don't know why they did it. I can have a student sit there, right? We have, we have um, you know, like, I'll give you a do now for the lesson that I have. And I'll give you the paper and you're ready to go. And I'm looking at all the other kids. And then I'll come over to the one kid who, after maybe 15 minutes, hasn't even started the assignment. And I say, why didn't you start the assignment? And they'll say, oh, I don't know. I didn't have a pencil. Like something so simple that they Mm could have just done on their own. So for me, when I see a kid... I try to get them to like I try to engage their thinking. Like I'm not going to ask you why because I'm telling you whenever you ask a kid why, they will tell you that they don't know. That yes. is going to be their response. Yes. Or they're going to give you a response that they that you think <laughs> that that they think you want to hear. Like okay. all right, coach just asked me why I didn't do this. I'm going to make something up and and make it sound good, right? And they they it's because they want to please you, right? And mm-hmm. they get scared and they can't you know, they're they're They don't understand that you would rather honesty than anything else. Yeah. So
0: so you're saying it's very important for, you know, coach, mentors uh, to understand this. Because if they don't, maybe they're walking away with the wrong perspective. Maybe they're walking away not doing what they're supposed to be doing to help this child to really grow and, and to be a very effective human being. As they move to the other stages in life, yeah
2: yeah, one hundred percent, I remember I was walking in the cafeteria one day and I walked past a table of boys, and I saw this one boy screaming at the table, like <laughs> screaming at all of their friends, and I almost looked at the boy and said, "Why are you screaming? like what are you doing like getting mad at him like i was I was getting as mad as he was getting." <laughs> And I had, I paused and I stopped myself. I said, What's happening right now? This kid is angry. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to find out why this kid's angry. So I looked at the kid and I just said, In a really calm voice, what happened? And he told me, He said, This other kid stole my part of my lunch. And I, and then I looked at the other kids and I said, Who stole the lunch? You know, and like something so small. Yeah. But like, as a teacher, your gut reaction is to start getting mad at the kid that's screaming. Yeah. Instead of, trying to figure out why this kid is screaming right like we want to know why this kid is doing what they're doing whether it's not talking whether it's um, screaming whether it's fighting whether it's you know throwing their stuff down you you need to figure out why a kid is behaving that certain way
0: Dust.
2: and by me wanting to like knee jerk reaction start yelling at them Yeah. That wasn't. that's going to shut them down that's not going to make them feel comfortable and safe like what we're talking about right it's not going to make them feel safe and, and tell me what's going on but by the end of that experience I started yelling at the kids that stole the lunch because I got upset for the kid. (laughs) I turned to the kids. I said, what are you going to do to make this right? Yeah. And the the kids at the table, like the kid who stole it, he said, you know what? I'm going to go up. I'm going to buy the kid lunch. So he went up and bought the kid lunch. But I said to the student that was screaming, I said, listen, you had every right to be angry. You had every right to feel how you felt but you did not have every right to behave the way that you did. Mm -hmm. So like having that conversation, like being able to recognize that there's something going on that's upsetting a kid or damaging that comfort and damaging that safety, being able to recognize that that's occurring and trying to give this, the kid, the tools to say, all right, how am I going to fix this? What should I do in the future? How can I learn from this moment? Because like I said, if I had went and screamed at that kid, nothing would have been solved. He would have been hungry, and I wouldn't have made anything better for that kid.
0: Perfect. Remember, you're listening to the Coach Kaya Show. I'm your host, Kaya McKinnon with me, my co-host, the great of Med.
1: Come to KMSA, where we develop soccer players through discipline, respect, and togetherness. You can contact us at kmsocceracademy at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at academy or Coach Kyle.
0: And in the room, we have the mentor, the counselor, the educator, Ms. Julia. And we're talking about how important age and stages of development uh, between the 11 13 age group is important for coaches and and teachers to understand because as a coach you are a teacher Uh, that's your that's your job if you if you say that you're a coach that means you're helping some some someone to move from a from one stage to the other or you're helping them to do their job well so if you don't understand what comes with that you don't understand the tools that you need to have then you're not coaching you're just showing up and collect a paycheck So all I want you to jump back in. Um, and talk about how important it is for parents to understand that the players or the, the child being in an environment with a coach is important for the parent to, to, to know this is important for my child growth. So I need to understand what this coach understand about the stages of the players development. I
3: think it's very I think it's very important that the parents understand this. Because um again we have a lot of, you know, communication with the parents. Um certain kids that I've worked with with their parents saying I just I just can't get him to focus or I just can't get him to, every time we have to kind of practice, he's he's, he's he's not having things organized or not having things done. But when he comes here, he's more focused with certain things that I can do. So they asked me questions and I said, again, we just have to be, I think what you said and also what Juliana said, just to be more aware of other things going along going along with uh with the kid. So again, different aspects of just not being upset with the kid. Again, why is he not doing this? Okay, what does he do? What what certain habits that maybe he's changed? Mm-hmm. What certain things that okay, has he started joining a group of new kids? What certain things that he's doing Winsy school, so I think just that relationship building with the coach and the parent. It's very important that the parent do really truly understand their kid's whole environment, the whole environment. Because I think they're just going into okay, it's just a state. Yeah. I think when you had the conversation, oh, kids will be kids. Yeah, but it's not just kids will be kids.
0: It's really on. Un- it's really understanding. And and to that point, Julia, are we? Must this be determined based on the value of? the kind of value that the family carries what do they value the most does that play a major role in how you as a as a mentor as a counselor in terms of trying to educate and, and bring in this child through because if you understand it and you're trying to do something but the parents don't value that how difficult that role is to really move that child into a better place
2: yeah i think um Parents and, you know, educators or coaches, any, any person that works with their child, they have to be on the same page and they have to find value in what that individual is doing for their child. Like, I see these children more than their parents see them at times, right? Yep. So... I know so much about these kids, and I think that's why they always feel really comfortable coming up to me when something's happening. But a kid can see so much value in you, but it there has to be a parent mm-hmm. component of that too. And I find that when I have a good relationship with a parent, um, and and we may have some you know tough conversations that we have to get through, and you know there may be times where there's just a miscommunication and and we're not seeing eye to eye, right? Because mm-hmm. the the gut reaction is always like how I'm talking about that kid in the cafe. The gut reaction is always, you know, like attack. What happened? Like, what's going on? Why didn't you? Why didn't you solve it? Why didn't you figure it out? But there has to be like a level of trust, right? Because that trust really, really guides that relationship. But that that's so important, and it's important for the kid to see because when the kid sees that there's a, a level of respect, like a high level of respect, and there's high level of like value and and the parent sees the value in it then the kid Hmm. notices that too like kids are very keen they notice all social relationships like if there were you know you two as coaches if there was something going on between you two as coaches the kids would be able to pick that up very fast yeah and that would create like the culture and that would create the vibe of the day Hmm. or the session or whatever was going on yeah so the same thing with kids and parents like if, if a kid knows that, you know, their parent doesn't like the kind of assignments that one teacher gives out and, you know, the parent is, like, kind of venting about, like, the assignment, yeah. then it, it, that might leak into the classroom, too, on how the kid behaves towards the teacher. So it's really important to make sure that conversations are happening, right? Yeah. Because I, I find that, you know, I have great relationships with parents and I, I value them a lot. I know that they value me, too. But, you know, that the children seeing that, that's the
0: key. I think it's it's the saying goes train up the child in the way they should go. I, also we miss sometimes the level of innocence that a child has. Where there's a pureness there where they can they could feel. They could feel that vibe. They could know when it's coming from a genuine place and that's where the trust is built. The other part is a lot of time parents don't value the job of the coach, they they see him as a trainer. I I bring my child. I I drop them off. I pay to play soccer, and I expect them to play. I expect them to run. I don't. I really don't think they understand the value of you know bringing your child into an environment and the value of the coach because that coach is a mentor. You know, regardless of what you think, when a child is in an environment, whatever they hear, whatever he or she hears. It, it resonates it it finds a place in the in their brain it finds a place in their heart and if they are constantly hearing things that are negative that are that are counterproductive that child will grow up understanding that and likewise when they are in an environment when they are held at a high standard and they are constantly reminded they might not like it it's tough love they might not like it and this notion of a child supposed to like everything that our adult says, um, it's 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 overrated. This is a child, they don't know better, they want to do what they want to do. Yeah. It's your job and as adult to, you know, kinda kinda navigate for them a bit of what you need to do, and what you don't need to do, because with doing certain things, it comes with with a great price. It, it, there's repercussions for this, and that means you must be you must be uneasy, you must be uncomfortable, you must you must feel sad, because all is part of your growing pains. It's all part of your journey to get into that next level. But it's always like. You need to make them feel like everything they do is correct or everything they do, it should be accepted or to understand that, okay, this is where you are, so we should accept it. It's not of, okay, we need to address this and it might be painful. Like in chemistry, we tell the kids all the time, not because your parents say something to you that you don't like, that means you must turn and, and disrespect your parent or or hate your parent. You know, they have to tell you things because they have the experience. They have walked the road before you and they're trying to protect you. Now you also have the overprotective period. But at the same time, you must develop this ability to reason. And, And you might not always be there, but not because somebody telling you something that makes you uncomfortable, that makes you sad, it means that the person is wrong. But I, I understand the dynamics that, that happens within the environment or the culture. It, it's so, like, tippy-toe-ish.
2: It, exactly what you're saying. It makes you uneasy, right? It's yeah. that uncomfortable space. I love being in that uncomfortable space. I feel like I can have a conversation no matter what. But that, it's hard for some people. It's really hard. Mm. But in, like, psychology and, like, within the realm of, you know, mental health, I find that we want to, as a society... Make children happy and not healthy okay like you know what I mean by that I like that you know we're trying to make kids happy not healthy something that would be healthy for kids right is to do exactly what you're saying say no this is what you earned no this is what you put in yeah like this is what you did this is this is what you put into your work so this is the result of it and I can't give you what What you want want, or you can't can't have this this, or you know if if you came came to practice practice with with the wrong shoes shoes, or like whatever the scenario scenario is is, right but But i I can speak from a teacher's teacher's standpoint standpoint. if If you if if i had had an assignment that we've been working on in class class for an entire week and and you you were goofing around in class and now it's due on friday and friday comes in you're you ask me for an extension right yeah why would i give you an extension what what is that what message is that sending to mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you you know, know as a per- as a person as a human, as a human being, being you have to learn like that, that this is the impact this is this the effect of what happened and, and that, that it doesn't revolve around you, around and, you. And, and i find that, that you yeah, know kids, kids especially, especially in this age group one one characteristic to really to understand is, is that idea of the ego right, right? That, that idea of the selfishness yeah the students don't see others yet right? and that's normal for that age like that is completely normal for that age But it's it's through these these life lessons lessons and it's through these conversations where where that that muscle gets stronger, stronger, right? Like Like our mind (laughs) is a muscle, just just like, you know, know, your legs and your biceps. Like like, your mind is a muscle, muscle, right? And And your experiences, you know, that's the practice that you need. So like I said, we make kids happy, not healthy. That's why kids, when they get bad grades, they don't know how to cope. They don't know what to do. They're freaking out. And, and it doesn't, doesn't matter what you say like you like, know you know, had a, a whole week to do this assignment where where, where, where were, were you this whole week what did you put in this whole week that shows me that you earned this, you, earned this. this. You, know, you know you you have, have to fail and you have, have to, to fall, fall. But, but i, I we, we don't, don't teach, teach kids how to cope with that, with that and we don't have those conversations like look you're not there yet this takes time but but we live in this instant gratification place now where if it's not immediate it's a panic
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, that is true, and and a world, from your perspective. How how much value needs to be placed from a coach's perspective on understanding these stages and understanding that if we if if we don't get it right, then we've we kind of leading the players down a path that they might not just be good players, but they might not be good individuals with with good structure. Uh, and understanding where they are and where they need to be. You know, how much value do you think we need to place on understanding these stages um, of, a, of a player development?
3: Um, I think it's, it's a great value. I think it's a great value from, for yourself and myself to understand this because, like you said, if we don't develop the person first, the player very hard to develop so So i think those stages stages are very important for us i think mean you had had countless 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 of conversations with just players individuals just about themselves you know what i mean about their daily lives and about what are their ambitions what certain things that they struggle with and i think honestly it just helps us with coaching i think that honestly honestly helps us with coaching just, Just to, to understand, understand, okay, okay this, this may be the reason, reason why certain things are not going.
0: Okay. Well. Let's, Let's
3: try to help him with that. Let's see. Let's try to help him with, with that, and to and it shouldn't be a shocking, me, but you, you will start, start seeing a big difference, a big difference in, in
0: the kid. kid. How difficult it is, though, understanding that, understanding that could make you become a little bit shy in taking strong measures that could you know, could change or could transform that player. Looking at that, how do you balance out doing what needs to be done and kind of, okay, I understand where he at, so I'm going to allow him to, to do it. Because having this information, you could easily look past certain things and be like, okay, this, this is the age he's at to do this. And not really setting, uh, setting a certain standard where every day he's kind of reorienting himself or herself to getting to where they're supposed to be. Because you're not going to stay at 11, yeah. you're not going to stay at 12. You're not going to stay at 13. You're going to get older. And if you're only learning these things when you get to the age, then maybe you're a step backwards. Because if I'm learning something at 13 that I needed to start learning at 12, then I'm really at still at 12 doing stuff at 13. So how important it is to balance what you know and what you need to do to make sure that you're driving that learning and that development
3: it's very it's it's very very important important. it's It's very very important important. but But i'm 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 trying to i'm gonna ask you the question i'm trying trying to think how how probably we're gonna we're gonna balance that that. because Because i'm thinking thinking, again just just my own experience experience of of, you you know what i mean reaching a certain age age, around 13 14 there's this ego thing there's this ego thing of a kid or a player that i already felt i knew everything i already felt that Okay, I'm good yeah, at soccer. What is my parents, parents going to tell me? What is my coach, coach going to tell me? Like, I don't really have to listen to them. Like, what, I get whatever I want anyway. And,
1: and with, with the culture that we are and the environment, again, again we, try we try to make, make kids
3: happy. Like, happy, happy, happy rather, rather than healthy. healthy you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kids mm-hmm. need to be happy. Mm-hmm. Even though, again, mm-hmm. we need to make sure, again, the environment and the culture. I think those two big things can help me as a coach assess a kid a lot better. Yeah. If they're in my environment a lot I, I think I, I think, think for the most part, part the kid, kid will be okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. confident. I feel like I'm very confident myself. in myself. And the, the kid is around me a lot. And, I've, and again, like it's, it's, you, you said, said, it's in the, in the pudding. pudding. If you, if you see it, if it, you're if around a kid, around kid that's been around you, Kyle, I've seen a kid that's been around you for five years, years, it's, trust me, it's everything that you say the kid is going to be. Respectful, great attitude, hardworking kid, understands the game, and wants more for himself. So, so I already know the, know the culture and environment you that you put him in. Him in. I see it. Okay. I see it. No matter again, his parents are there. His parents his are supporting him. him. They're, they're always, there, there. They're but always there. there. But he's been around he's you for such a long, long time. time. I, 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 can I can already tell the type of player, player he's, he's
0: gonna be. So, That's Ms. Julia, play. how important the leader or the coach character and integrity plays a major role in terms of not just understanding this, but creating an environment or creating a safe place for a a, a young player to grow and to be healthy more than happy how if you could go in depth a little bit of how important the character and and the integrity of not just a coach but an organization plays a major role in this
2: well i think you and well have a really strong culture. You have a really strong vision of what you want for your players, right? And I think that's important because that allows the kids to rise to that occasion. They're going to rise to that occasion because you have such high standards for them. And that's good. That That's healthy. You They need that. But I think what you guys have that is more profoundly important is that trust between you and the player. You guys have that trust between you and the player so they know that if you're talking to them about you know correcting something or like whether it's positive or negative anything that what you're saying is coming from a place of i care about you yes i care about you and i care about the whole team and when you're six when one person's not successful then how can the team be successful we're all together and we're talking about this age right where you know like like we've been saying you know constantly It's this selfish age. It's an age where you're thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about anyone else. But you guys are creating a space where you have to think about everybody else. You have to think about every single human being on and off the field because they're important. Mm -hmm. And you give such value and care to every individual kid. So whether or not it's something that they don't like to hear... I think they respect what you say. And I find that a lot in teaching too. Like if I have to break the news to a kid or I have to say something that they don't want to hear, I'll even say, I know that this is something that you don't want to hear, but I care about you so much that you're worth me stopping and Mm -hmm. telling you like, this is what you need to do. And this is what I see in you. And this is who you are. And, you know, we've been talking about kids, like, right? Like this whole idea of like kids being selfish, but also this idea of kids not really showing the emotion, yeah. the right emotion in the moment. And we kind of have to guess what that emotion is. That that has to do with, you know, having that conversation with the kid too. I know who you are. I know that this is not you. I mm-hmm. know that this behavior does not define you. That this mistake doesn't define you. But what you do moving forward and how you respond to me is really what, what's going to show me who you are and show me your character.
0: Fantastic. Remember, you listened to the Coach Kyo Show. I'm your host, Kyo De McKinnon, with me my co-host, the great Tawala Med.
1: Come to KMSA, where we develop soccer players through discipline, respect, and togetherness you can contact us at academy at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at academy or Coach Kyle.
0: We're speaking about the ages and stages of development and how important it is for coaches and mentors to understand how important their roles are in helping in the holistic growth. And we have... Miss Julia, an educator, a mentor, making us more educated, um, giving us directives in in really addressing this topic. So what I'm hearing a lot of is as a coach, and I always say as a coach and as a mentor, because that's what you're doing every day. You're kind of giving instructions, but also you got to have a listening ear and you have to, you have to really listen deep because listening... You find out a lot when you listen. If you always find a way to give an instruction, then you're not really understanding where it's coming from. So you're not really dealing with the problem. All you're doing is finding the answers and not really addressing the problem. So from what I heard, it's very important for the coaches to create a culture. It's very important for the coaches to create a safe environment where they're not comfortable per se but but they're comfortable being uncomfortable. They they feel safe um, having a discussion, and and if they don't feel safe, you as that coach must be so sensitive that you pull it out of them, that you make them come out from that comfortable place and be uncomfortable being comfortable. Uh, If you don't do that, I think you miss an opportunity to really influence a life because a lot of times kids come, and they're smiling and they're joking and they're having a good time but there's something else happening that is deeper that affecting the growth and and you say you're teaching oh i'm trying my best i'm showing them everything that i can we doing the right training we working hard but there's no development happening and i firmly believe and, and you could shed some light on that i firmly believe if you don't get what is happening on the inside corrected Um, A lot of what you're seeing on the outside is the effect of what is really happening on the inside. Not because you're saying something right or you're doing something right. It means that learning is happening. Um, That learning must come from within that individual. And if you're a coach listening right now and this has never been important to you, I think you should be listening because this is what is kind of, you know, making the game seems like it's for a certain group of people or for a certain demographic, but the game is for all of us. And as a coach, you have a role to play in pulling that potential out and maximizing it.
2: I think a lot of kids are stagnant in their growth because of themselves, like themselves mentally. Like we're talking about self-esteem at that point, right? Yeah. Like how you feel about yourself. And a lot of kids don't try because they don't want to fail. Like the idea of failing is extremely terrifying because then it, just shatters their self-esteem even more right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i think that's like the key idea here is that you know you you see kids you know like even in in a school right like you have a kid that you give a test back and you graded the test and like the kid got an f on it or a, or a, what they think is a bad grade and they can joke around and be like hey guys look at how smart i am and show everybody mm-hmm. right but they're making mm-hmm. a joke yeah but they're really making a joke because they're embarrassed about what it is and they want they don't want to show that it faced them they yeah. want because everybody's asking what did you get oh look i got an a look i got this and comparing each other to everybody else right but i think the idea also is that like you have to compare yourself to yourself i get a lot of kids that i force them to go to tutoring i'm like come on i love you let's go we're gonna do it it's gonna be great i'm gonna sit next to you hold your hand give you a donut like whatever you want
1: mm-hmm. we're just
2: gonna get to tutoring and you know we're checking their grades constantly, weekly and i have kids that go from an f to a d and mm-hmm. i'm celebrating that because you're growing who says that going from having an f to a d is necessarily a bad thing it's not yep. it's it's growing it's so growing. wherever you are from that point like you can't compare yourself to somebody over here or somebody over there you have to compare yourself to your yourself yep growth is growth no matter yeah. what it is right like th- no matter what you have the best player it's going to be hard for them to grow into an even better player because they're so good, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they have to work twice as hard to get that growth, you know? But when you have so much room and space to grow and and you can acknowledge and, and try to build that self-esteem in kids, you'll see a lot of kids, you know, really analyzing themselves and then feeling better about themselves and where they are.
0: Yeah, it does. And I like the part of the, the one-step growth. Like, if you move from one state, if you move from one area of of struggle to now an area of success as small as you know, always enjoy the small growth, always enjoy the small victory. And and having that patience will will help you to to move even forward. Give you this appetite for more. You you want to see more. But if you wanna move from from one all the way to ten um, I think you miss the opportunity to grow within that journey of moving from one to two, two to three. Mm-hmm. There's so much things you're learning at every step, and when you try to go to one to ten, if you go from one to ten and you don't even get to five, you like, okay, I'm not good enough. But if you're able to get from one to two, and it all helped, all must be done through good coaching, must be done in a in an environment that facilitates this. Because if the environment is not conducive for this and the environment is more about winning without making sure that this journey of winning is something that could become a habit. Just like losing become a habit. Understanding this journey that within this journey, you will lose some battle. You understand? You will make some mistakes. You will make some errors. But it's all part of getting you to that 10. So if I get from one to two, then a small victory. Then I get from two to three. Now I move from one. If I jump from one and I add two and I add three, now I'm, I'm growing. I'm, I'm growing. And having that patience... And parents having that patience, it says a lot. But going back to something you said really early, if there's not a connection um, between the parent, the child, and the coach, I think a lot of the message gets tainted. Because now, a child will always go to where it's most comfortable. So if the coach makes it uncomfortable, and then the parent makes it comfortable, then if I'm a child, I'm going to lean to the... But if the coach starts showing value of... of of what is happening, then the opposite happened. The kids start gravitating to the coach and less to the parent. And oftentimes parents could get really scared about losing that influence on their child. As as a coach, you have to balance that because do you want to change the message? And the message is healthy. Do you want to change the message just to, which oftentimes happens, I'm more catering to the parent because the parent pain, and I want that parent to come back, but to the detriment, you know, of the child's growth, of of the child's development, of the child's well-being. I think oftentimes it happens within within the sake environment where there's more focus to the parent coming back than the child developing, and I feel like it's it's destroying our youth.
2: I think that. That's normal, right? Like it's, it's extremely normal for a parent and it's very normal for child to have a a really strong connection with their coach or their teacher or any adult that they have. Right. Um, and that, that's like really hard for parents, I think, you know, because that's their baby. Like for some kids, like it's the only child or like the first child or the baby, like wherever you are in the pecking order of the family. There's some deep emotional connection and, and, you know, emotional upset as a parent to have that child feel maybe more comfortable to go to a coach or to a teacher. And I get that a lot. I get a lot of parents that say, oh my gosh, like they never told me about this. Like they're so close to you. But then I find that when you're able to say like, you know, your, your child is learning and you, and you have to validate those feelings of the parent. You know what I mean? Like you have to say, I know this must be a little difficult Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I know this must be upsetting, or I know this must be uncomfortable for you that your son or your daughter shared this with me and didn't feel comfortable sharing it with you. But trying to normalize it and say, this is normal. This is normal for kids. I see these kids more, almost more than their parents do. I see them eight hours a day. So, and truly consistently, there are some kids that sincerely spend eight hours a day with me, (laughs) and that's okay. Um, you know, depending on the night that they had or the weekend that they had or something that's going on socially or whatever, but to kind of normalize that for parents like that's normal that's okay and and that's good that's a good thing um you know they they do there's a study called um the adverse childhood experience and and not everybody has an adverse childhood experience. I'm not saying that, but um you know if if you look up the questionnaire on like what an adverse childhood experience is, you have to hit like a certain amount of markers and it puts you in a category, right? Of like certain levels of risk and risk meaning like be- becoming like angry or like risky behavior or like even, I, I hate saying it, but like suicide or like yeah. self-harm. Like th- these are real things that happen mm-hmm. in the lives of these kids that is n- not talked about, you know? Like <laughs> they don't, they're, they're not going to come out and say, hi, I've been depressed or hi, I've been thinking about harming myself. Like they don't, they don't do that. But- Um, if you look at this study, what they did was they, they took middle aged white males. They had them take this questionnaire of like what adverse childhood experiences they went through and the higher their score, the higher their risk for like all these different health factors, but also like all these different life experiences and, and higher risks for, you know, drug use and, and all that kind of stuff. So the one thing that all these studies have shown about ACEs, because it's called ACEs, the individuals who were able to like move past their adverse childhood experiences,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, the common factor between all of them was that they had one, at least one caring, trusting, loving adult, right? Okay. So it shouldn't matter who that loving, trusting, caring adult it doesn't mean that the kid doesn't love their parents. doesn't mean that the kid doesn't love their family, it, it doesn't mean that. What it means is that in that moment, what that child needs and what that child feels safe with and that what that child trusts mm-hmm. is that coach, is that teacher. I get a lot of kids that tell me about, you know, abuse and a lot of kids that tell me about, you know, self-harm and things that are going on. And, you know, the, the one thing you, you need to be is just there.
0: So coaches listen out there, we talking all things soccer, um, but this is important. You know, you're not just you're not just coaching a game. You coaching lives, and your space could be a safe space. It could be a place where, you know, they find refuge. You know, they find strength. Um, and oftentimes, we take it for granted. And 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 also to to the parents, you know, the environment in which you place your child, it's more than winning a league. It's it's more than winning a tournament. It's it's more than and being the number one um, team in the state. It's about your child. It's about where will your child be at 19 at 18 at 20 at 25 at 40 you know where will your child be and that if that is is not something to pause and, and sit up straight and be like i need to re um, readjust or reassess my thinking or, or my approach um, to soccer then we're gonna have more we're gonna have more issues now we have more victory so Well, bring this down a little bit for me in in terms of how should coaches with all this information, a whole lot of information, um, very good information, very informative. You know, what should coaches uh, be thinking about um, to really provide a healthy environment so not just improving soccer, but really having the appetite and the love to see that young people are doing more than awesome within their lives? Well, what are some, some of the things, things you, you, think you think that they first need to address, address because they're, they're the leaders? We could talk, talk about, the players. Could talk about, about the players. We could talk, talk about, about what they, they need to do. But it starts with it starts with, starts with the, leader. the leader. Okay. Yeah.
3: Anything that starts with a leader, it's, it has a lot to do with reflection. For me, also we and you do it a lot, self-reflection. You know what I mean? After either after a day, it doesn't have to be a practice, but what did you do for yourself that you need to work on and you can get better at? Because if I'm better, obviously my kids will benefit from it. So I think just reflecting on myself, making sure I'm in a healthy space, making sure I'm doing all the right things possible, making sure I'm in the right mindset so my kids can benefit from it. So I think just reflecting on myself, and then obviously just the education part, you know what I mean? Educating myself into my craft, you know, and making sure I understand all the different aspects of what I want to do for these kids. And also being more aware. I think again, we get into the mindset of and again, we I've done it myself, just being competitive, just wanna win, wanna win, wanna win. But I'm not understanding again. I put a lot of kids to a lot of things, you know what I mean, especially with the training, whatever the case might be, but understanding the player, understanding yeah. the kid. Making sure again is he in the right mindset to do what I'm asking him to do on the field. Mm-hmm. Is he in the right space? Is he healthy? Is he eating well? Is he is he reflecting, reflecting himself? Yeah. So again, with myself reflecting and then understanding, hey, I understand what you're going through. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It's not just soccer. Just remember that it's not just soccer. I'm always be here for you and understand you have a safe space to go to. if you need anything.
0: Yeah. So do you have some final words? What are you saying to, to coaches slash mentors, leaders? What would be your, your advice, um, in terms of them looking forward? What is What is important?
2: I think being authentic and being yourself is extremely important. Um, children can sniff a liar so fast. You have to be yourself and that's okay. If, A kid doesn't want to be on a team or whatever that like that's okay, but you have to be yourself because that's where you're going to develop trust and time. Um, You know, there are some days where I I can stay till seven at night at the school with a kid in the cafeteria, you know, with like a group of kids or, or or whatever the case may be. Because they're sorting through a social issue or there's something going on and I have to be there. So just, you know, be genuine, give your time, you know, and look around and, and see who you surround yourself with. Right. And keep putting yourself in a space where you're surrounding yourself with people who want that message too, or have the same message as you. Because you are the company you keep, you know, and the and the kids know that they they can sense it. So, like I said, be yourself and give give time. You know, the these, the same amount of time that you ask the kids, yeah. like you know, like you you said you can't jump from one to ten, right? You have to yeah. go to two, three, four, like every number in between, right? Same thing with the kids. Like we can't expect them to jump to ten in different aspects, not just soccer, yeah. Like you know, emotionally too, like. They're going to get there. The more authentic you are, the more you keep speaking to them, Um, keep challenging their thoughts and challenging your own thoughts, too, because even as a teacher, I'm not right all the time. And I can admit that. And I'm like the one teacher that if I mess up on something, I go up to the kid the next day and I say, look, I don't I don't know what you have to say about this topic right now, but I need to apologize for myself and I need to speak my own truth. Okay. so perfect.
0: Yeah, so. Um, be, being in a being be in a, a good, good soccer environment is not always about establishment. establishment. It's not always about numbers and how big um, the program is, but it's you know the substance. It's is what you know. How this how will this program or how will this environment move my child forward in a positive way? And I think that is first and foremost that remember every time your child step out the door. They're learning something that will better their lives or will destroy their lives. And and if that is not something to make you pause and cause you to stop and think, then you need to reassess yourself to for coaches, like was said, you need to be authentic, you need to be honest, you need to be somebody with integrity. You need to care about the child before you care about the player.
2: I think you your actions send a message, right? Yes. Like your all of your actions, all of your words send a message. Yes. Um whether it's your intended message or not, but you have to always be mindful of the message that you're sending to kids and parents and yourself and your family, your your actions, send a message.
0: And then finally, just create an environment, create a safe place where they can be comfortable being uncomfortable and make sure that we build in good human beings and make sure that we creating a healthy environment where everyone can succeed. Remember, this is another episode of the Coach Kyle Show, and we talk all things soccer.
1: Come to KMSA, where we develop soccer players through discipline, respect, and togetherness. You can contact us at kmsocceracademy at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at kmsocceracademy underscore underscore or Coach Kyle.
0: Until the next episode, be safe, be healthy, and keep pushing forward.